before you job hop, really evaluate your current situation and figure mm. out, okay, where do I want to be? And is my current role catering to where that future lies, where that goal lies? So, um, so something I recommend to people is create a list. Um, it could be uh, as long as you want, but I like to write down what are my ideal characteristics of my dream job? So is it that a certain pay? Is it uh, remote work? Is it a certain work-life balance, benefits? Um, a good manager, whatever it is, write that down, what your dream job is and evaluate where, what is your current situation look like? How many uh, boxes does your current role t uh, tick off? And, and if you find another opportunity where it checks off more boxes and gets you closer to that dream role, then I think it's a time um, to really consider another offer. <laughs> Astrid, this is going to be a great conversation. I'm so excited to have you on the show with me today. Well, thank you for having me, Joseph. I know we've been planning to, you know, get this going and, and uh, record a podcast together. So I'm excited to be on and, you know, share my life story and a little bit more about my career in tech. So thank you so much. Awesome. Ain't no time like the present, I like to say. And for those that are watching or those that are listening, this is going to be a great conversation for those that are trying to break into the tech industry, whether you come from a traditional background or not. So definitely take your notes out, write down in the comment section the things that you're gathering from this conversation, because we're going to go right into the boots. And you know what that is. That's symbolic of the mindset one took to get where Astrid is today. And then we're going to go all the way to the brain, which is symbolic of the mindset one not only needs to have in order to be Astrid, but also to scale from there. So without further ado, we're going to get right into it. Let's go back to the very beginning, because I think the beginning is a great place to start. Oh, thank you so much. Well, I appreciate that. And I'm happy to pretty much share my life story here. So hi, I'm Astrid. Um, I'm originally from Los Angeles, California. So shout out to all my people listening um, who are, or watching who are from L.A., but basically, I grew up in um, San Fernando Valley, so in a small uh, city in San Fernando, where it was majority um, Mexican uh, community. I, I'm of Mexican descent, um, and also low income. So starting off, I came from a low income Mexican household, and growing up, I know my parents wanted to provide a better life and education for me and my siblings. So I was fortunate enough to attend really great schools growing up. On, on full financial aid, which was great. And as I grew up, I had access to all these resources and knowledge that I didn't think were possible. So that throughout my journey um, in during my schooling, I eventually ended up at Princeton University where I graduated with a degree in electrical engineering. And post-college, I ended up um, at my current company where now I work as an account executive selling my company's cloud services. So that's a little bit about me and happy to dive more into my story. Hey family, it's Joseph here again. Now you have heard me talk about how tech sales has changed my life. I actually wanna introduce you to another career that if you decide to go into it, truly is recession proof and that is cybersecurity. Level Careers is a platform similar to Course Careers that is self-paced and allows you to obtain knowledge and ed education in cybersecurity and get this, without prior experience or a degree. That's right. And so you definitely want to get into that. And if you are interested in learning more about cybersecurity, go ahead and click the link below. It's in my description and use my promo code Joseph10. That's right. Use my promo code Joseph10 in order to save 10% off of the purchase price of that course. So without further ado, I'm not going to delay you. Go click on the link, check out the free introductory courses and change your life today. A lot of people can really resonate with is how we come from humble beginnings. Um, mm -hmm. And so I love to talk a little bit about that. Can you talk about how you grew up a little bit more into your story, your family life? How, how was that growing up in LA? Yeah, definitely. So I, I love LA. I love, um, you know, being near, like I grew up, everyone who's in like a Mexican household, I grew up really close to my aunts and uncles, uh, my grandparents, they actually, they all lived within a block from me. Um, so family was very important to me. And also I knew uh, the hard work my parents had um, put into us having a good life. So Basically, what I want to touch upon is that when I remember as a little girl, uh, my mom was a stay at home mom and she wanted to start working. So her focus was, was, OK, how do I get a job where I can also watch my daughter? Right. Watch my children. So she managed to find um, 
a position at a daycare where she would actually clean and, and be one of the, the, the cleaners there, right? The people who are the staff that helps uh, making sure that everything's good. So she um, was hired and at that daycare, she was able to get free daycare for me since she worked there. Um, the boss at the time, she was this wealthy woman who happened um, to, to have uh, children and grandchildren who went to really good schools within the LA um, area. So all, and from there, they went to really good private schools. And from there, they were able to go on to Oxford, Stanford, um, you name it, these really great uh, institutions. So she told me, she looked at my mom, she said, your daughter is really smart. She looks like she, you know, is very gifted. Why don't you put her in these schools or, or apply to these schools so that she has the opportunity to get a better education? And what's so great is that my mom and my dad both jumped at that opportunity and they decided to take the chance and, and apply. Um, knowing like most of these, to be honest, these schools, they, they cost somewhere from like 15K plus per year. Some are even like 30,000, which is pretty much a college degree. Um, and I was lucky, fortunate enough to get in and also receive full financial aid. So that was a starting point. My parents really wanting to to again, better me and my siblings education, that was like a jump jumping point from where I am today. Um, so throughout my my life, I really, not only did I receive a good education, but I think what I want to focus on is I was able to have access to these the resources and knowledge that I think a lot of people, unfortunately, don't have access to. And again, um, this is kind of where my whole uh, philosophy is, is, is I feel a lot of times it's not that we don't know what we don't not it's not that we don't want to do better for ourselves excuse me it's we don't know what we don't know so people um they 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 they're figuring out okay i want to get to this point but how exactly do i get there um and again i was mm. fortunate enough to be provided with that information and that's something now i want to share so throughout my life again going back i received a really good education went to private schools all my life um, and where I was around a lot of uh, celebrities, kids, CEOs, kids, it, it was people with a lot of wealth, but again, a lot of access and some of the best, best teachers and college counselors. And from there, um, that's when I ended up going to Princeton University, uh, where, again, a lot more doors were open for me. So what, what's great about that is is um, being able to come from humble beginnings, but then working my way. Uh, up to where I am now. And I just want to give back where possible. No, that, I, I love that you said what you said. Uh, thinking about your mother cleaning, my mom actually had a cleaning company. There was a moment yeah. in time where she actually had to make that decision to say, hey, I'm going to start as an immigrant to this country. Mm -hmm. I'm going to start my own business cleaning houses yeah. and offices. <laughs> yeah, no, that's all. And the funny thing is I do want to mention, because now my yeah. mom, she stayed with that company Till now, she still works there or at the daycare, sorry, uh, not company per se, but, and now she's actually a teacher. So she teaches kindergarten, which is amazing to see. So mm -hmm. I always go back when I visit LA and I, I go see her at her work too sometimes um, during during the day. It, it's nice to meet some of my old teachers that she used to work with that even taught me or took care of me, I would say. Um, and it's just to see the growth um, and also to witness like her boss witnessing how far I've come in my journey and how far my siblings have come, how many opportunities that have, have come along our way because of, of that opportunity to attend a school to tend mm -hmm. to like those. It, it, it's just wonderful. Awesome. Yeah. Oh man. It's like a way like to give back yeah. almost. Full circle. Yeah. Full moment. circle moment. Yeah. And so it's funny that you said that as well, because it kind of goes back to what you're saying when you're exposed to something, it really opens your eyes. And so the same thing is true. Like I had a situation where as actually through my church, that I was able to get a scholarship to uh, a very, a very, uh, well, let's put it like this 20,000 <laughs> plus per year. Yeah. Uh, exactly. private school in Manhattan. I don't <laughs> know why, just a side note, why is schooling so expensive? Like education hey, to man. me is one of the most fundamental rights to some, I mean, not yeah. a right, but to me, it should be a, a fundamental right. And yet mm -hmm. they make it so hard um, to like the public school system is, you know, not as great as we would like it to be. And then, so the alternative is private school, but yet most people can't afford to put their kids there. So Money. it's just so frustrating that that's, that's what the world we live in currently, the society we live in. So you're, you're right. It absolutely is. It is one of those things 
that is frustrating. That's why I personally like course careers because it's looking to break that mold. Mm -hmm. I mean, Troy has like a mastermind plan that uh, honestly I can't get involved with right now and, and tell, tell anything. But all I can say is this, like look out for what's going to be coming through through course careers because that is going to be literally changing the game and how people mm -hmm. transition into careers. Uh, but, mm -hmm. but what I want to say again about the exposure part was once I got exposed to different environments, it went from, okay, let's figure out, you know, putting sentences together. So now you're learning Latin and now you're exposed to the, the Met Opera at a young age. And so mm -hmm. I want to kind of talk, I have two questions for you, but I'm going to start with the first one that I have is what lessons did you learn from watching your mother, as you say, grow, not just from where she was to where she is now, how did that motivate you? in regards to you and your siblings and how to do better? No, that is a great question. So, so again, my parents, um, one of their, one of their things that they wanted to instill with us is that, um, it's important to be able to critically think, um, and to be able to go after, have the discipline and go after your goals. Um, so that's something, especially that I learned from my mom. My mom is very disciplined woman and very, and she, she perseveres. Um, if she has a goal she wants to attain, she's nothing's going to get in her way. Um, and that's something where I also feel like I have in me. Um, and, and, and I've learned from her and, and both my parents, actually, they've both been really great at that and instilling that in me. And so now in my career, um, especially working in sales, that is something that I think has taken me a long way in my mm. career, being able to have that discipline, having, I call it more actually grit. So to me, um, grit equals, it equals discipline, perseverance, and with that passion. So you add in, you couple in that passion with that perseverance, and you have what I call grit. And I had a manager tell me that one of the most important fundamental traits that a seller can have or a great seller can have is having grit. It's like never giving up, always going after that sell. Like if something, you know, if maybe a, a dispute obstacle comes in the way, at least you are finding ways to solve for that. So again, um, and that also critical thinking that that's why education to me is so important because I figured out that is my way to having a better life. If I'm able to think critically think and, and examine the world and view that I'm able to make more educated um, uh, decisions and, and figure out, okay, what exactly do I want in my life and how do I get there? So those are two traits. And also, again, something they taught me was just um, never giving up and, and, and giving back. Like I, I, it makes, it tears me up sometimes when I think about it, because I'm like, they sacrifice so much for us. So much. Um, and it, I mean, you can relate to you. I mean, so many people yeah. can relate just so that we can um, eventually break those generational curses and, and do better for our future families. Um, I always think about too, where my parents, uh, and they, maybe they don't want me talking about this, but they're still paying off student loan debt. And they, uh, my mom did, my dad did eventually graduate, but my mom never even graduated college. So I remember they would attend school while we were little because they had us very young and um, yeah, and, and to pursue their careers, but they never, or she never graduated. And so knowing that it's been 20 plus years and they still haven't paid it off. It's crazy because I know me, I, I graduated without debt. I was fortunate enough to, to not be put in that position. Yeah. Um, so I really am grateful for that. And also um, last thing I'll, I'll say is that they always taught us, okay, if you don't know something, um, find some, surround yourself with people who, who do. And that's again, kind of back to my story where my mom was like, well, you know, I want better for my children, but I don't know how exactly to provide that. Well, to, to her and to my dad as well, the best way to do that is through education because education yeah. will give you the knowledge and the tools you need to hopefully, you know, go to a good college. Uh, I mean, if it wasn't so expensive, but you know, go to a good college ideally and get a good job. And then from there, being able to afford what what you want in life, so those are those are the things I really valued and learned from my parents, and I'm again feeling very blessed and grateful. Yeah, and speaking of a story that I'm not too sure if I should tell, um, but this was such a powerful lesson to me when I got older. Uh, I was actually embarrassed about this by the time, but our parents do work hard. I remember one time again, my mom had a cleaning business, and she our car broke down, and she literally took uh, I would say it's like a 50 pound vacuum. 
and a, a but and a couple of cleaning supplies that she could take with her. And on my way to school, she got on the bus with me with that big old vacuum. Oh, <laughs> and, and, and my mind is like, oh my gosh, mom! Like, no, I'm that's thinking commitment. That. I love that. No, it's oh. and it's a good work ethic. I think yeah. that's something I didn't touch upon too. But the work yeah. ethic. I mean, uh, again, nobody has a, a a better work ethic than my mom. And and. Mm -hmm. That has carried me, I feel like, in my career. A lot of yeah. times I feel like uh, it's the little things that help you stand out as as an employee. Yeah. Um, and especially, again, as a seller, I, I make sure that I constantly um, follow up with with my clients that, or even internally. Mm. And I'm constantly making sure I go above and beyond um, to have everything organized if i don't know the answer to something which again important tip, you don't answer you i i always tell people it's like be honest you don't know the answer but you're gonna find it and you're gonna find it by whatever date you set say i'm gonna i don't know but i'm gonna give you the answer by this friday 5 p.m and if you do that if you're able to go back and provide the answer as you promised that builds a lot of trust um, yeah. with your clients and it makes selling much easier. So I think a lot of that does tie to work ethic because it's how much do you care um, and how much are you investing and in putting in your work? Because if you put a good in work, you're going to reap the, the benefits and hopefully financial benefits from that as a, as a seller, if you get into sales. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so like, I, I definitely saw that with her. I mean, she's traveling. We lived mm -hmm. in Brooklyn. I don't know if you know much about New York, but she we traveled she traveled from Brooklyn to Queens to Long Island. Crazy. Yeah, that. I actually yeah. lived in New York um for, for two years before the yeah. pandemic hit. So no, that that is that is crazy. I mean, kudos to your mom. Like I, yeah. I can just imagine and, and again it, it she's raised a wonderful son. And if you have any siblings, I'm sure they're great too. So that's yeah. awesome. Well, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> you saying that. Um and now talking about exposure going back to that part when you're like you said like when you don't you don't know something right until you can actually see it it's yeah. revealed to you and you're like man this is something else now that exposure is a twofold because at the same time as you're being exposed to and educated on sometimes you realize that there are some differences uh social economical differences even status in life with those that you're going to school with and that could introduce this sort of imposter syndrome yeah. Can you talk a little bit about how you were able to navigate these two worlds? You're going to school with the wealthiest of the wealthy and you're coming home to the, where yeah. your home is. Can yeah. you talk a little bit about that? So again, if we want to, yeah, imposter syndrome, that is something I'm actually still battling with, if I'm going to be very honest. And I think a lot of us uh, battle with imposter syndrome. We, we mm -hmm. feel like it, whether it's in the workplace, whether it's socially, um, it's, it's hard not to encounter that. But growing up, um, it was it was two worlds. It, it was definitely where, you know, I, I felt like like you mentioned, I would go go to school for eight hours of the day and I was around people with a lot of money and, and wealth. And it just it was just crazy. The things I saw, the the what, you know, people's houses, their cars and what they could afford, summer camps, travel, concerts, whatever it was. I was like, wow. Um, that's oh, yeah. crazy. Like, I didn't, I didn't think, uh, that was uh, even possible. Well, not that I didn't think it was possible, but I was like, wow, they, like people are getting front row seats to a concert, like thousand dollar seats and they're yeah. 13 years old, you know? Um, and then coming back home again, I, we always had enough, but it, it definitely was, um, a different, different environment. Oh, yeah. Uh, because again, in my, in my home, my parents, like uh, we, we lived in, the, uh, it was five people living in the 700 to 800 square foot house and yeah. two bedrooms. And my parents were sleeping in the living room, right? Just so yeah. my siblings and I could have our own beds or, you know, me and my sister were in one room, my brother was in another. So yeah. things like that, again, two different worlds. But um, how, how I navigated that, that imposter syndrome, and even up to this day is I, I remind myself, I am where I'm at for a reason. Mm. Um, and especially when you're uh, like doing interviews, or if you're in a job, uh, I like to tell people like, if you have if you're currently in a job role, and you feel like, why am I here? Think about it. Nowadays, jobs, literally, how many uh, uh, interviews do you go through? You probably go through like five or six, like it's ridiculous amount. So yeah. if by those five or six interviews that they didn't reject you, there's there's a reason why you're there. 
Um, and that's something, again, even as a child growing up, I had to remind myself, I, um, I had to apply to go to, um, all my life to go to elementary school, to go to high school, I had to apply and take tests. Um, and it was tough, but the fact that I was accepted and, and got, uh, were in those, in the situation to, to receive the education, that means whoever, you know, accepted me must've saw something into me. So that helped me going. And, um, Another thing too that helps me with imposter syndrome, aside from just again remind myself I am where I am, is that um, I value learning. I always feel like it's important to put yourself in a position again where you're not the smartest in the room, where there's always something to learn. So it's never. It's if my dad always told me uh, there's no such thing as failure, only feedback. So if you feel like you fail in in any task there is. Don't see it as failure. See it as more like, oh, okay, what did I learn? What what feedback from the situation did I get? Um, and how can I do better next time? Because in the end, mm -hmm. um, people have to remind themselves, it's only a job. It's only like you only feel inferior usually when it comes to certain situations and tasks. And those, you know, they're mm -hmm. they don't, they're they're fleeting. Um, and as long as you stay true to your goals and to to who you are and remind yourself, like, you know, I'm here for a reason, I think it's um, possible to overcome that imposter syndrome. Hey there, thank you so much for watching this video. This video is actually sponsored by Course Careers. So whether you're interested in breaking in as a tech sales representative, if you're interested in actually doing IT or digital marketing, not only do they have free introductory courses for you right now, go to the description and check that out, but they also have $50 off that you could get from, through me, Joseph50. That's right, $50 off through Joseph50. So if you're interested in getting into that course, any which one, whether it's again, tech sales, IT, or digital marketing, look no further. Go down to the description below, click on the link and sign up right now. What are you waiting for? That is beautifully, that's beautiful and well said. <laughs> like the value in education, being a constant learner, yeah. and understanding that what you're feeling right now is just something that's basically kind of shaking you off of your position for that moment. Yeah. You could, right? you could assume your position and keep moving forward. That is so good. And I think those are listening, again, write your notes in the comments section. This is good, valuable stuff here. So now we're going to get into the fun stuff, the stuff that everybody's like, okay, let's get to yeah, tech, right? <laughs> so let's talk about it. So basically, in regards to the tech, you went to Princeton. You got an opportunity to go get scholarships. You don't have, to, you don't have any student mm -hmm. debt at this point. Which yeah, is no doubt. Fantastic. That's another that's another conversation altogether. Yeah. How you did that. Um now, but in regards to now you breaking into tech, can you talk about that? Because you said you were an engineer. That's that's yeah, part of so, a dump. So my story um about that is a little uh, I don't know if people love it or <laughs> be like, oh well that's random. So basically I I stumbled into my specific role in tech sales. So I always knew I wanted to pursue the tech industry just because again, I was surrounded by people um, in my degree who pursued uh, the tech industry after who most of them ended up becoming software engineers or they did tech consulting. Um, those mm. were, or product management. Those were the three routes that uh, people within my major followed. So that's where something I was set on. Um, and I, that's why another thing I, I mentioned, surrounding yourself with mentors and people who are smarter than you, because even when I was applying, so when I was applying senior year and looking for jobs I wanted to get into, um, I honestly just asked people around me. I said, well, where, and people above me, I said, okay, well, where, where are you planning to, to work? Or like, uh, what are you planning to do after college? Where are you planning to work? And a lot yeah. of them mentioned, hey, I want to, uh, you know, go to, or I'm going to work for Microsoft as a software engineer. I'm going to Facebook, other big startups, um, tech startups. And so to me, that was, I don't say second nature, but it was kind of like, okay, that's the route you take. And I love mm. that I was comfortable saying that because now I realize like, it's not as easy as people think, but again, because I was surrounded by those who, who knew how the path to get there or who, you know, were able to, to work in the tech industry, then it'd be, I, I felt like it was something I could do. Um, so that, again, that's why I recommend, you know, finding people who, who can uh, mentor you or, or guide you in that way. 
So anyways, back to how I, I, I got into my current role in tech sales. Um, so my goal was I realized I, I, I was terrible at coding. I did not want to code. I, <laughs> I tried. I could code, but debugging, it just wasn't for me. Um, so that was something I crossed that off my list. I didn't want to do traditional hardware engineering. Um, that Again, I wasn't passionate about it. It's something I, you know, I loved in my degree, but wasn't my goal moving forward. So what I was left with, uh, or that sub, uh, job that really interested me was actually product management, which essentially is you you mix um, technology with, uh, I would say, the business objectives. So I so I got in, um, got stumbled into my role into tech sales. So technical solution, it turns out it was a sales role. So ever since then, um, I, you know, I got it. So I got into my job um, working um, in sales. I figured out technical solutions specialist met tech sales. And what was crazy was this is a job that wasn't actually advocated or talked about within my school, surprisingly. Like uh, Princeton didn't usually, not that they didn't promote it, but it wasn't one of the traditional roles that people went into post-college. Um, and so with this role, it, it opened my eyes to wow, like, wow, this is a, a role where not only can you scale your pay fast really quick, you can make some great money, um, but also the, the other benefits that come from working in tech sales is learning about new technology, um, being able to, um, you know, build uh, your negotiation skills, your relationship building skills, um, the networking aspect of when, you know, developing relationships with clients and being able to network with others. There's just so many benefits uh, to working in sales that I'm just shocked it's not talked about more um, in general. So. You and me both. Like if I knew about this straight out of high school, I I might not yeah. have gone out of I might not have gone to college. And I think another bonus too is that a degree is not required to get into this role at all. You exactly. know, I think for most jobs, except for obviously being a doctor and an engineer, uh, in my case, most most jobs, um, you learn what you know. You learn on the job. Like there's nothing really where you have to know prior. Um, to to perform your job, you're basically learning the tasks on there. Obviously, you know there are some um, roles that do require, uh, you know, maybe knowing how to code or programming language. But essentially, once you have those fundamental um, like tools, then you're able to just learn on on the job. And sales is one of those roles in particular. And and again, that just all the benefits that you get from working in sales, I think you learn so many skills that are transferable to a lot of other types of roles. So that's another great thing too. It's like, while I, I you know, I definitely want to stick to my role in tech sales to, to, to my career in tech sales. I definitely think there's other um, types of roles that I could possibly get into later in my career. Yeah. And let's talk about that. You started off as an SDR, correct? Well, yes, I did. The other terminology that yeah. I, I wasn't too familiar about. I never heard that one before, actually. Yeah, uh, I know. It's called Technical Solutions Special. It was very interesting. So that role, my company tends to have different names for, for the sellers. It's not the traditional SDR, then to account executive, et cetera. Um, they'll have names such as Digital Sales Specialist, which is an SDR role. Technical solution specialist, which is more of a, it's an SDR slash um, sales engineer type role. So Ooh. yeah, so I got to choose. I originally started off actually, fun fact, as uh, a sales engineer in training, um, but I actually moved into an SDR role um, because I realized I wanted uh, not to be less technical, but I wanted to really manage the the relationship and the territory that yeah. I was working with. So that wow. was kind of the route. Wow. So how did you scale from there? What did you, what was next for you after this particular role? Oh, okay. So I um, have managed to stay with my company for four years. It'll be going on four years in August. So I've, I haven't job hopped and I know a lot of people promote job hopping, which I actually do too. Um, I think it's one of the best ways to scale your pay, but I also think um, that you really, in order before you job hop, really evaluate your current situation and figure mm. out, okay, where do I want to be? And is my current role catering to where, where that future lies, where that goal lies? So, um, so something I recommend to people is create a list. Um, it could be uh, as long as you want, but I like to write down uh, a list of what are my ideal characteristics of my dream job. So is it that a certain pay? Is it 
uh, remote work? Is it certain work-life balance benefits? Um, a good manager, whatever it is, write that down, what your dream job is and evaluate, okay, where, what is your current situation look like? How many, uh, boxes does your current role, uh, tick off? And, and if you find another opportunity where it checks off more boxes and gets you closer to that dream role, then I think it's a time, um, to really consider another offer and to again, job hop. Um, and also mm. evaluate if you're unhappy with your current situation, think about it. Am I, am I, you know, unhappy with my work-life balance with, do I feel micromanaged? Do I not like my pay? And if you're feeling overall, uh, if you create a pros and cons list, cons list and feel like there's more cons than pros, then again, that's another reason why I do recommend, uh, looking for other opportunities, but back to kind of my career progression. So I haven't job hopped, but basically why I have in job hop and what I feel has made me so successful in my current role um, is that I've been very focused on um, negotiating my salary and asking for promotions. So that's something I'm really mm. big on. Um, again, my my work, my page, I talk a lot about my journey to uh, financial independence. I, I think the term correct term is financial independence versus financial freedom because I am technically financially free. I don't have any major debt um, currently. So I, you know, I have enough to support me. But to me, financial independence where I I want to get to a point where I'm work optional, where I don't have to work mm. if I don't need to. Um, so I that's something I focus on. So I'm very important, uh, very focused on that. And something I advocate is that you can get to that goal of financial independence on any salary, but one of the best ways to do that is by increasing your income. It makes it just Absolutely. makes life so much more easier if you have more discretionary cash, you know, if you're able to pay your bills and have money left over to invest and and to save and to spend on the things you like. Um, so again, I'm very big on increasing my income and so I was very focused on how do I increase my income in the role I am. Um, just just so everybody knows on here, I've been able to get promoted 3 times in the past 3 and a half years. Um, at the same company. So it's definitely possible. And I want to share how I've done that. I don't want to gatekeep. <laughs> but basically, what what I've been told and what a lot of my mentors have helped me with when it comes to negotiating is um, these few things. One, make sure to have um, a list, write down a list of your accomplishments that you have done um, in your in your current role. So throughout the year, if you've done something that has positively impacted your team, if you've accomplished something where in sales, let's just say I signed, you know, a million dollar deal, I'm going to write that down. Um, so that later on, when I want to uh, negotiate my salary and ask for a raise or a promotion, I have that list already ready of my accomplishments. And I don't need to figure out, okay, why, why do I need to ask this? I already have kind of my, um, my reasoning, my backup. So that's something that I think is super important, write down list of your accomplishments. Um, Again, it could be on a Google Doc, whatever is want, whatever you want, that's what you're going to leverage. Um, another thing I highly recommend is develop a great relationship with your manager. I think a lot of people forget that your manager ideally wants to look out for you. They because if you're happy, that means it looks good on them and you know, mm. and so forth. So and I also people need to realize is your manager is going to be the first person to advocate for you when it comes to promotion. So in my case, my manager goes to um, people higher up and says, hey, you know, I really want to promote Astrid for these reasons. Um, you know, I based on the work I've seen, I definitely think she should get promoted. And that um, again, they're your, they're going to be your your advocate. So you want to develop a good relationship and how you do that is I, I suggest people uh, do cadence calls, not cadence, but like set up biweekly calls, check in with them. If uh, don't, don't like uh, overly uh, bug your manager, but in a sense, like develop a good relationship where you can, because to me, that's my past two promotions have been because my manager has really saw something in me and really advocated for me. Um, and the third thing too, is start early with your conversation. So a lot of people forget, they think, okay, you know, um, it's the end of the year, you know, maybe I want to get promoted and then they'll come to find out, okay, there's no budget for it. They can't promote you or you're missing all these requirements to get promoted. So what I, I'll never forget. My very first manager told me, he said, if you want to get promoted 
by next year, you need to start that conversation now, a whole year in advance. And the reason for that is if you start the conversation early, it lets your management know, okay, I, I see what their career goals are. I want, you know, I, I know that they're pursuing this. I want to make sure um, we have that conversation of what exactly they need to do in order to get that promotion. And again, when they outline exactly what you need to do, it gives you an opportunity to say, okay, is this reasonable? Is this outrageous goal? It, it, it becomes an open conversation and puts the onus on your management to really give you a specific outline of what they need to see. And if you hit those goals, then 99% of the time you'll get that promotion. So those are my three tips for that. <laughs> Well, I'm my air horn, but oh man, let me just break down yeah. the diamond in the rough that you just gave to everybody. Mm -hmm. If you're listening to this, if you're watching this, let's look at that framework one more time. She said in a year in advance, so you have your framework of a year, right? Mm -hmm. You want to have early conversations, early mentions that you want to get a promotion. Mm -hmm. You While you're doing that, you also have your list there and you've been establishing a relationship with your manager exactly so this is not just a hey when you know what i'm tired things are getting hard at home i want to raise this is a strategic systematic way you can approach this mm -hmm. that honestly i think especially if you have a company that you have a great culture in mm -hmm. you like your people that you work with there's there's a lot of intangibles there you want to explore this before you explore job hopping and nothing against people that do do that. Yeah. No. And again, yeah. I am all for like, if, if you're going to get that 30% raise and you're feeling like, okay, this is the best opportunity for me, go for it. I think for me, and I, I actually spoke with my manager the other day, we were at mm -hmm. a, a client, a team meeting. Um, and I told him one of the strongest reasons why I'm, you know, at my company, I mean, I love the work. I love the people I work with. First of all, I love the work culture. And yeah. most importantly, I love, my management and my team they really he really makes it enjoyable for me to work in i don't feel micromanaged and i feel like there's a lot of career growth even the uh my most recent promotion um he he told me i remember i asked him uh, i was working on a very complicated deal and he had to get involved because it was very it was he said he's like this is probably the most complex deal i've dealt with uh -huh. and so we were talking every day during um the holiday season pretty much just to get this close and throughout that time, I said, you know, I, I, I was building that relationship, like continuing, like to, to make sure I was do, showing good work. Um, and yeah. I decided to ask him, I said, Hey, you know, this is what I'm thinking about a promotion. I, and these are the reasons why, um, these are my business outcomes. These are my skill sets of what separates you apart. And, um, he kind of, uh, he was like, okay, we'll see what I can do. And, and sure enough, I was in February, I think it was February of this year, he, he promoted me and, and he told me, he said, because of the hard work I saw you put into this deal and how much you really, you know, made, you know, had that grit and made sure, cause we could have just let it fall apart, honestly. And mm. it, it was so close to, to falling apart, but we really, I stuck with it and I made sure to coordinate everything and, and really focus and, and persevere in that sense that he he admired that from me um, and promoted me. And also on top of that, he even said, he's like, I want to find you a mentor within the company, a, wow. a, a female executive um, who I think, you know, would be a great mentor to you and really help you with your career goals. Because again, I have a lot of mentors and that's something, again, all, all the listeners um, listening, make sure to find mentors in your life. Um, mm. Because those are the people that when you're you're struggling or you're not even struggling, but when you just need advice, um, they can give you some sound advice and, and you can feel, OK, um, I this person has been experienced. They've probably gone through something similar. Let me see what they've done and maybe I can do the same thing. So beautifully said, beautifully said. And 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 I want to encourage somebody that's listening that right now. They said, hey, I'm, I'm on I'm on the outside looking and I'm not I'm not into tech. Yet I want to get there. I've got a lot of no's. Be encouraged by the story that you're hearing right now. Someone that was able to network, use leverage that network, be able to break into the industry, not only break in, but be able to scale from there within the same company um, mm -hmm. and, and really set a name for herself. 
I do want to say a funny story, and I, I talk yeah. about this story a lot because, um, again, my my path into tech seems kind of uh, traditional, as we were talking about in the sense of I went to college and afterwards, you know, I got I got a job. Mm-hmm. But I will say how I got this particular role in tech sales is um, actually not as simple as that. So basically, mm. when I was applying, I was um, I remember that. There were companies, a lot of tech companies coming to um, Princeton just to hire Princeton people. So they would come to the kind of uh, to our school and say, hey, we want to hire 10 Princeton um, people from from your from your class. Um, so let's you know, let's do a whole interview process here. So I would submit my resume and I think, OK, this is great. I'm not competing with like thousands of other camp applicants. I'm only competing with people within my school. Like this is such an awesome opportunity. Uh, turns out though, most of those companies were rejecting me. They wouldn't even like mm. give me a chance to interview. And I was shocked because I thought to myself, I'm like, not even a first interview round. Like, you know, this is heartbreaking. I thought, well, is there something wrong? What did I do? Um, but that's just reality. It just, maybe my GPA wasn't high enough. Who, who knows what it was, but I wasn't even getting a first round. So the job I currently that I applied to that I currently am am in, um, I sent out an application and I remember I wasn't hearing back for two weeks. It was two weeks and I was a little uh, disheartened Uh, that week, one weekend to two weeks. And um, there was a weekend where I decided to go to New York City and I was celebrating a friend's birthday. And so we were partying. We went out last night that night. And we went to go eat some pizza at Ray's Pizza on St. Mark's Place. I don't know if you're familiar. <laughs> and, there's a lot of Ray's Pizza in New York. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's a lot. But like on the, the one on St. Mark's Place. And so we went to go get some pizza, you know, we we're post-partying at like 2 to 3 a.m. And we decided to go sit outside because there was no seats inside. And I, while I'm eating my pizza, I overhear people talking. And all of a sudden, they mentioned the company I'm, I applied to from the previous two weeks ago. And I, mm. you know, I perked up and I said, wait a minute, you, you know, that company I just applied there, like, do you guys work there? And they said, yes, we're here for a conference. Um, we, we were recruiters. We are recruiters at this company. And I was like, no way you're recruiting <laughs> at that company that I applied to. So I spoke What's your email? <laughs> yeah, so exactly. So I spoke to them and I asked, I was like, hey, I just applied to this particular role. I haven't heard back. These are my credentials. Why, you know, I think it would be a good fit. Do you know the person hiring? And they said, yes, we we know that recruiter for that role. We'd be happy to, you know, inform them of your resume and, you know, have them alerted to it. Sure enough, once I sobered up, like the next day, I sent over my information and um, it kickstarted. Then I finally heard back and it kickstarted the interview process. So that goes to show you it doesn't really matter where you come from because that the role I'm in now it wasn't because of the school I went to it was all because I you know I put in that work and I also networked in in the most like (laughs) the randomest places but it worked out for me so if, if again anyone listening if you don't uh don't forget to constantly I don't want to say network per se like as in uh you have to network but Strike up conversations with people, get to know mm. uh, people's life stories, because if you develop those relationships, you never know what what opportunities you might come across from, might come across to. So. Wow. And it's so funny. I said network and I didn't even know that part of your story. Yeah. So that's it's a crazy <laughs> story because even I, it's funny, I didn't think about it until I would say um, pretty recently. And I've been telling that story more so because I want to show people that, hey, like there's you know, there's so many paths that you can take to get to the same goal. Um, so don't judge your story or your path based on someone else's. So my journey yeah. is going to be different from yours and, the, and your journey is going to be different from someone else's, but it's all possible to me. I, I'm a big advocate of like, there's money for everyone. There's opportunities for everyone. Um, how we get there might be different, but I, that's why I'm so open and transparent about my pay, my work, how, what I've done to get promoted, because I think there's a seat at the table for everybody. I agree. I agree. It reminds me of the story of, of, of Ramsey, uh, one of the people that I've interviewed before. He's a sales engineer. Mm-hmm. He got his job at a barbecue. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. And again, not just to advocate for, for sales, why I love tech sales so much is that 
um, a lot of my former coworkers are actually working now at their former clients' companies because they've developed that great relationship. And now they're like killing it at their clients' companies. So again, when you're in sales, you have that opportunity to develop these great relationships with big companies and, and they get to know you and they, they see that you become an advocate for them and they're going to say, Hey, come work for us. Um, it, it happens very often. And, and again, you're not only are you doing your job and selling and making a lot of money, but you're also inadvertently networking. So yeah, that's something to remind yourself of. And let me add something if I, if I may, cause you're no, more, experienced ahead, yeah. than I am. um, I'm doing great in my job. Don't get me wrong, but I'm still growing and I'm still learning about this industry. One thing I've heard, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. Is they actually do uh, your company? Let's say if you get poached to another company, one of their clients, they actually are happy about that because now they have a relationship. They have an inside man yes. at the other company that will have continuous uh, working relationships that is with their previous true. company. What did you say? Yeah. Yes, I will verify that. And in my um, my particular job, so I work with what are called our business partners. So I'm really focused on helping our partners build with our cloud. So not mm-hmm. only do they, you know, build with our cloud services, they put their applications on our cloud. But on top of that, I- I'm focused on helping them go to market and grow their business. So for me, I'm like, hey, I want you because the more you grow your business, the more customers you acquire. That means you're going to use more of our cloud, which is great. So it's a win win. But again, so it's more of a partnership that I end up having with my clients and that partnership, it builds a relationship where now um, sometimes, again, I have a former coworker, she moved to a former partner of ours and she actually manages the relationship between our old company and that that partner. So it's just awesome. And my manager always says, it's like, do we know anybody? Are there any former people from our company working at those other people, those companies that we're targeting? Because we want, if those relations are already established, it makes selling easier. I think people need to realize too, is that um, a lot of, um, so how you sell a product to me is more so what problem does your product solve for that person? Like focusing on what problems you're solving, what pain points you're addressing, that's super important. But on top of that is people, you can have multiple products doing the same thing. But in the end, I think it's the relationships, it's the trust that really wins the business. Um, So that's something that, that again, you can't, teach someone how to be good at building relationships. That's something yeah. where you learn through experience um, or you're just naturally good at. And and that's a key skill set in sales. And that it's not something you need to go to college for. So that's <laughs> that's what I want to mention is is you don't need to go to college for like a lot of people have these transferable sales skills that they just need to be able to translate in their resume and then hopefully you know land a job in, in sales. So good. I totally agree with that. Most times they could buy the product someplace else and probably yeah. get the solution from somebody else, but they like you. Yeah. That's why they're gonna buy from you. That's a exactly so again. I, I yeah. think that I think one number one definitely is though like the problem, the use case, but yeah. two is definitely I think the relate the relationships. At least again, that's what I've seen yeah. um in, in the few years that I, I've worked in sales and then what I've learned from others as well. Um so keep that in mind um, and just a little insight into uh, the sales world. Nice. Nice. So we're going to pivot to the mindset in a second, but you, I can't, I'll be, I'll be remiss if I don't talk a little bit about uh, you and your larger following on Instagram and TikTok (laughs) and how you're feeling it over there, sharing great tips. Uh, But one of the things I wanted to kind of bring up was that you are very transparent about your salary Mm -hmm. and it, and, and ladies and gentlemen, if you want to check out her, I got to have the links below. You can check out her Instagram, you can check out her TikTok, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Very transparent about not only how you make on the budget that you have, but your, your salary, uh, what's the word that we want to use? Because it's a very buzz, there's a, there's a buzzword for it right now where it's basically transparency when it comes to your salary, salary transparency. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, exactly. About, transparency. yeah exactly. Yeah. Can you talk about why that is important? So for me, I've, I've boiled down, uh, pay transparency, why it's important to me for two reasons. So one, I think the most, uh, obvious reason would be one, am I making the money I'm supposed to be making quote unquote, like, am Mm -hmm. I being paid enough? So pay transparency, you know, there's a lot of statistics showing that, um, certain demographics or, or working demographics are being paid less than others, such as women get paid uh, usually less than men, um, whatever it is. But these numbers have come out and you've realized over, you know, years that that has been happening. And even with, you know, 
uh, you you include like raises. If, if someone starts off with a lower pay than another person, even with similar raises, they're still going to end up lower uh, lower pay than than the person, especially if they're doing the same type of work. And I think that's where um, pay transparency comes into play because you want to make sure, okay, for the work that I'm doing, am I uh, getting paid uh, comparable to my peers? Yeah, so that's super important. And and I also always mention or like to mention that. I'll never forget like a year to a year and a half ago, um, it was on a Latina equal pay day. I found out that um, Latina is one of the largest demographics in the U.S. Working demographics in the U.S. is getting paid the lowest. We're the lowest paid. Mm, Um, So we're getting paid 57 cents to every uh, dollar that a white male makes. Um, And and to me, that that was just a shocking number. And and, and to add to that, I found out that Latinas, uh, so um, we're only only counted for 2% of STEM jobs. So being being a Latina, you know, in in tech industry, I was like, wow, th- I, you know, this is, th- I got a lot going against me, it seems like, or not going against me, but there there's a lot of, um, I don't say pressure, but you feel like, wow, that this is, these are the numbers and yeah. I want to change that. Yeah. So that's something where I, I, take that and I'm like, okay, well, how can I make a difference and how Mm. can I uh, encourage people who look like me to ask for more? Because a lot of times too, there might be, some might say, well, are you asking for those uh, promotions? Are you asking for that pay? Um, And I think we are, but how do we best ask for them? And I always think too, it's like, you can say you want to raise, but what, what do you have that's backing that up? And that's why my man told me, it's like, okay, great. He told me, he's like, I want to raise too, but uh, what business outcomes have you shown? What skill set do you have that can um, justify that raise? And so mm. that's something I like to focus on. And then the second thing, uh, reason why pay transparency is so important to me is because I think um, going back to you don't know what you don't know. Um, I think a lot of times we tend to limit ourselves as to how much we can make. And if you, if people are more open about their salaries, then you realize how much money there is in the world. You'll realize, wow, someone in my position can make 500k in one year or can make a million dollars like if if they're doing the exact same thing as me why can't i also make that so for me it's really opening your eyes as to what is possible um that i think pay transparency allows for because if i'm gonna be honest i think most people Mm -hmm. are like this um growing up i thought 100k was a million dollars pretty much like you think like once you make 100k you're set and unfortunately with inflation that's just not the case now 100k does not go go very far in most situations and yet people don't even make that but if you mm. open your eyes and say okay someone in this certain career path that i want to pursue can end up making 100 plus k or 150k why shouldn't i pursue that if that's my goal um, so that's something, again, I, I really like to promote and tell people that because I never thought in my age that I can make a quarter million dollars in, in one year. Like, I didn't even think that was possible. Um, and even coming out of college, I remember um, a lot of my classmates were getting offers for 100K easily. So no experience, just the, just their degree or just, you know, their ability to code, whatever it was. And they most of them were getting 120,000 plus. Um, not everybody, but again, the fact that that was even a possibility, it had me set on that. I'm like, well, why can't I do that as well? So I remember, like I mentioned, I was struggling to get interviews, but eventually I was able to refine my resume and I started getting interviews and offers. And um, I'll never forget, I ended up getting five offers and each of my offer was one step closer to that 100K. It started off, I think, as a 55K. Then the next offer was 75 then it was 85 and then it hit to 100. And so, and it was funny, it came consecutively. And I, and I told myself, I kept, I, I kept oh. praying, I was like, God, please let, you know, this, the company I'm at, when, before I got the offer, I was like, please let it be to my goal. You know, I think, I think I can get there. Um, and sure enough, it was. So it, it was just, I feel very blessed in that regard. But I think what really helped was that my mindset was so focused on achieving um, what I knew was possible just because I surrounded myself with people who had something similar. So, 
Wow, that shows how much oh surrounding yourself is so important. Like yeah. you could have gotten the you could have gotten that first offer and be like, this is amazing. It's exactly. more than what I've seen in my neighborhood or what my even Yeah, my I was like, is. this is great. Yeah, a good starting off point. But I, I kept I was like, no, I you know, I know I can do better. And, and again, it's not to put down anybody who because again, that salary, 55k, still a great salary, yeah. like by all means, but I just because I knew what was possible again. Um, and also were, I also felt like if I started off higher then maybe again, from those afterwards, those raises, I can at least like get even higher from that, you know, it won't be big leaps and in, inbounds. And I do also want to say why pay transparency is so important is that I remember I had a female coworker. I went to a, a, a meeting with her. I went to a conference with her. And we were talking about pay transparency and I was saying how I wanted to get a, uh, ask for a raise and, or a promotion. And she told me, she said, she actually gave me advice. Like all my uh, female coworkers in particular, they've all given me advice on how to ask for raises. And she told me, she said, the reason why I think it's so important for women to talk about that or everybody too, but particularly women in, in the tech industries, because um, she found out that she was actually being way underpaid compared to her male colleagues. And she had spoken with her colleagues one night. Um, they were just talking about pay. And, and they said, they're like, uh, they told her, they said, wait a minute, you're getting paid way less than us. And that night mm. they went to their manager to make sure that um, they advocated for her and say, hey, you need to pay her what, what we're getting paid. And so again, it, it, um, for anybody who thinks it doesn't happen, it, it, it does. The discrepancy is there. And it, it's important to keep having these conversations so that you can not only help yourself, but also help others along the way. Wow. So, so my, and this is for the audience here. Like you may be thinking when you seeing somebody talk about their salary in tech, um, they may give a range or whatever. Uh, it's not to showboat. It's actually to advocate for, mo for most of us. Most people, it's yeah. really is to advocate and say, hey, this is what I'm getting. Um, you can get it too. Yeah. Uh, and so that is such a good thing. And 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 now that we're uh, coming to the close, where we're talking about the mindset, you said it already. <laughs> like that's like that sounds like you. The fact that you had that deal that um, some people probably yeah, would have gone around. You was like, I stuck with it. Funny, that was the first deal I had where um, I was working throughout the holidays. So I, I'm gonna keep it real with every bit on here. Sales can be overwhelming at times so there's sometimes where you know at the end of quarters like the 12 months out of the year you know we divide uh the our, our time frame into quarters so three months each um there's pressure to to close deals um yeah. so that was the first time i actually had that much pressure but i told myself you know what again there's no such thing as failure only feedback i thought to myself like i i'm learning so much from this <laughs> this opportunity <laughs> Like, even if it doesn't happen, that's fine. I've learned so much. I've grown as a seller, but I was very committed though to have it closed because I knew, you know, this would look great on my, on my list of accomplishments. I really wanted to, to write it down. I mean, sure enough, I was able to, and it, and it paid off in the end. So that was awesome. That was awesome. And I guess maybe we'll have you come on, on again to the show when you're a VP because that's where you're heading. <laughs> Uh, Anytime. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And again, everyone feel free to follow me on uh, my social media, FinTech Latina. Um, and yeah. I talk a lot about my my career in tech sales and also how I my personal finance journey. And yeah. most importantly, I share OK tidbits of how to actually transition into tech sales, because uh, I know that's a lot of people's on the forefront of people's mind. Well, how do I actually break into tech? Like, this sounds great. What are the steps to get there? So I try to lay out exactly what a role in tech sales look like looks like the day to day and some tips I have to actually break in and for interviews, et cetera. So it will be below y'all go ahead mm -hmm. and click on the link, follow, like everything for FinTech Latina. Yes. Uh, I did, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah, this is more Puerto Rican, but I was like, she had no coquito during the holidays. She was like, Oh, she probably had too much cookie. She's trying to get through it. Like no tamales. <laughs> no tamales. <laughs> I had oh I had to work I had to work all day. But yeah, <laughs> it was it was it was a lot. But again, it, the deal signed um New Year's Eve at wow. like 8 p.m. So I definitely was popping bottles after that. Happy New Year! Like, yeah, Happy New Year, everybody. We're done. <laughs>
<laughs> no, it, it's great. Again, that uh, that's just a, like one point where it can be stressful. But overall, you can attest to this. Like yeah. my life has truly changed. I think being in this career that I it, it's opened such a, a world of opportunities and possibilities that I, I wish it was, again, more talked about. I think recently yeah. now the rise in tech sales is, is being discussed. But you'll notice uh, there's a lot of people who are much older than you probably in your role and your or not in your role, but like in your company, you're like, wow, they've been gatekeeping this for such mm. a long time. And, and it, it's good now that more people are aware and they can um, transition into into sales. One of the reasons why I started this channel. Exactly. <laughs> so well, thank you for having me on, by the way. Yeah, I'm about to have you back. We haven't talked about commission checks yet. Uh, yeah, no, I am Ooh. down. Man, I am down to be uh, transparent as you want. Oh. Uh, hopefully my company doesn't get mad at me. No, that'll be uh. good. I just, I, <laughs> I got to be careful sometimes. I'm like, oh, I can't be yeah, disclosing yeah, yeah. too much. But it, as far yeah. as, again, commissions, paychecks, um, how my day-to-day -day role. I'm happy to discuss. Um, again, feel free to follow me. People, uh, feel free to um, DM me on Instagram. I try to respond to everybody. In my she team. does. But I, I do. Uh, my ADHD kicks in sometimes, but I do make sure I respond eventually. So um, happy to assist in, in any way. And I also do offer career coaching services. So on my Instagram, you can find a link to set up a call with me. Um, to discuss, you know, either interview prep or or how to how to again transition into tech. So happy to help in that regard. Yeah, well. yeah that coaching call is gonna blow up. <laughs> <laughs> so, so with that being said, oh man, this has been a great conversation. I'm so thankful to have Astrid on with us. Go ahead, click on the links below, and like I always say, family. Until next time, I hope to see you on the other side. Take care, y'all. <laughs>